0: Again, everybody, and welcome back to Random Discard. I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts, and joining me as most of the time is Rich. Rich, how are you tonight?
1: Most of the time now I've been downgraded.
0: Well, I mean you weren't here last week, so I couldn't say as always. I mean we'll wait an episode or two and then we'll just go right back to always and no one will notice. Don't 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 tell them.
1: <laughs> I guess. I did have legit reasons.
0: Yeah, yeah, you did. Things things happen. Uh, life, life can take you away from, uh, from what we love sometimes. Yes. So here we are. We're back. So last week we uh, had a, had a great, well, last episode. It's, I mean, you know, our, our posting schedule is a little weird, but uh, you know, last episode we had some great things to talk about with the flavor of Innistrad and we said such really nice things about Sorin. I'm sure you'll notice when you get a chance to listen to the episode that we had. Just great things all around. It was it was fantastic. They laughs,
1: they were harmful. Who doesn't have great things to say about Soren? and he's the best?
0: Well, you know, I know that, you know that, but maybe some other folks on the call might have said
1: some things. Well, they're jackasses, so we don't like them on the show anyways.
0: Well now now look. Look, we appreciate their time and their input is valued even if sometimes
1: misguided mm-hmm. Input's only value when it agrees with me.
0: oh boy uh so this week um i want to talk to you rich about a thing that like just happened we're gonna go all topical for a minute here topical yes i know um this week in magic we're we're recording this here kind of mid-september 2016 uh This week here, there was an announcement that happened early on. So, uh Rich, do you remember, dial up the, the Wayback Machine, do you remember in the Battle for Zendikar block, there were these things called the Zendikar Expeditions, mm-hmm. and they were all lands, they were all foil, they were all full-frame art, they were all really wicked awesome, and like nobody got their damn hands on them because they were so frickin' rare.
1: Right they were
0: rarer than rare. They were rarer than mythic rare. They were like, you know, it's like finding a foil mythic was...
1: Yeah, know, I was the... to say, isn't that what they were at, about a roughly around foil mythic level?
0: Yeah, about that. I've heard it's just slightly better than foil mythic, but just slightly. Uh, so, like, not like crazy, crazy better, but, you know, about like foil mythic le- level. So they had those, and those were, you know, they were an interesting curiosity, but they were fitting for Zendikar because Zendikar was a set that was all about lands, and uh, Zendikar was the set that did the crazy thing long ago. Now, this was, I believe, before your time, because I think you started in, what, uh,
1: block? Yeah, block.
0: Yeah, so they had this thing in the original Zendikar, way back when, where uh, they had what were called the Zendikar Hidden Treasures, and they literally put in old cards, like cards that had been printed and were stored away, like they didn't print new ones, they just had them like in a closet. And you could literally open a Black Lotus out of a pack. It wasn't likely, but
1: it could happen. Is that like the time-shifted cards kind of thing? Uh,
0: kind of, but even with the time-shifted cards, those they printed them new, right? So this was this is like a really special thing. Now, at the time, it was not handled as well as it could have been, Uh, Watsy like didn't tell anybody that this was happening. It was just the first time anyone knew about it was literally pre-release. People were opening up packs of the original Zendikar open pack. Uh, look through it, look through it, look through it. Holy crap. Look at this. There's a black Lotus in here. Judge. What the hell do I do about this? They told no one. We had zero guidance. Nobody knew what the hell to do. There were stories, and you know, this was even a little bit before my time I started in Rise of the Eldrazi, so like two sets later, but there were stories of like game store owners going, oh, this pack is uh, a a non-standard distribution, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this pack away from you, and I'm going to give you a new pack, because that's, that's what you would do if you got a pack that was just wrong. Your 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 game store could just take it back and go here. Here's one that's supposed to be right. Try that one instead.
1: That's why you don't talk. That's why you shh.
0: Yeah, but but then what? Do you play it? Do you not play it? What, what do you do? are you
1: referring to? Only in draft?
0: Uh, no, in like a pre-release event, for instance. Okay. So now what happens?
1: Yeah, then I understand. I thought you were saying you just they just take it away willy nilly. Like yeah. if you just put, like if you just happen to buy a couple packs, like oh this is weird. Like oh no,
0: no no no. I'm talking in, in like an actual event because like I said, the first okay. time anyone knew anything about it was literally the pre-release, and because of that, you know people soon found out, hey that's really awesome. Let's buy all the frickin' Zendikar we can get our hands on and crack them, and uh, they did. And, you know, people opened a few things here and there, but but, you know, there, there it was, that was, that was the Zendikar hidden treasures. And it was kind of a cool thing that happened the once. And it was like, well, that's kind of cool. That's kind of special. We were a part of that. Then we come back to Zendikar. And they're like, well, hey, you know, we're going to recapture a bit of that flavor, but we can't just go pulling cards out of a closet. We may not have any of those left. And we can't just reprint them, because some of those cards that you were finding were on the reserved list, and we've promised to never print those again. That may come up as a topic a little later on. So instead, they made the Zendikar Expeditions, which, uh let's see now, what were there, like 25, 30 of these things? I can't remember exactly how many there were. But they were land cycles. So they were things like, uh, the fetch lands, uh, and they were all cards that were in high demand in other formats and were in cool art and were like premium, premium, right? So they were, they were more mythic than mythic. Mm-hmm. You'd be lucky to ever see these things. Well, just this week, they announced, hey, you remember that thing we did with the Zendikar expeditions? We're just going to go ahead and make that uh evergreen, essentially. So, going forward, starting with Kaladesh, because we're coming up on the release of Kaladesh, going forward, starting with Kaladesh, and for the, quote, foreseeable future, unquote, they will be adding a set of cards similar to this in every block. They're calling it the Masterpiece Series, and the idea is that it will, they'll occur in packs, just normal packs, at a higher rarity than mythic, but not quite as bad as a foil mythic. The number that they've quoted, at least for Kaladesh, is that roughly one out of every 144 boosters will contain one. So that's, that's not great statistics. You can, you can open an entire box, just sit down with an entire box, and you're unlikely to actually see one. Because, you know, we're talking 144 boosters, you've got 36 packs in a booster. You're talking like once every four boxes that you're, you're going to see one, statistically, on average. I'm not saying if you open four boxes, you're guaranteed. That's not how statistics work. It's like once every four boxes, you'll find one. So this is pretty rare, shall we say. <laughs> the Masterpiece series that occurs in each set going forward... Will all be reprints of existing cards, except that they could be a card from that set, right? So, uh, back in Zen, in, in, uh, Battle for Zendikar, as part of the Zendikar expeditions, they had, uh, a land cycle that they'd introduced in Battle for Zendikar, and they made premium versions of those that went in as part of the expedition. So that, that sort of thing can happen. But other than that, they're gonna be reprints of old, powerful, sought after cards, or at least, some, some linear combination of old, powerful, and sought after. They may just be old. They may just be powerful. And they may just be sought after. Maybe they'll be all three. Who knows? But the idea is to tie them together thematically and then stick them in as kind of a, hey, this is a, this is a cool thing. You, 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 you kids like to open crazy stuff. Here's some crazy stuff. They will have their own set symbol, I think. They will only be printed in English but they can appear in non-English product. So you could be in Spain opening up uh, Spanish language packs, and you'll be flipping through, and lo and behold, bam, there's one. There's an English card in your Spanish language pack. It's this
1: Masterpiece Series card. I don't agree with that as much, I guess.
0: Yeah, that one uh, may be a logistics thing. I, I don't even know how they're going to pull that off, but they, they claim <laughs> they're going to. So there it is. They'll all be English. Uh There's going to be approximately... 50 of these cards so 50 different cards for each block not each set but each block so kaladesh is gonna have 30 cards and there'll be 24 more cards in ether revolt for a total of 54 so around 50 for each in kaladesh they are all uh artifacts So it's called the Kaladesh Inventions. Now, this is a block that's going to be artifact-heavy with the idea of crafting and building and creation, and so thematically, I I guess it's on point. But just with what you know now, just with what we have talked about, I want your gut reaction to this as
1: a concept.
0: Should this Um, be something that happens every set?
1: No... Like, I guess uh, the th- things I need to know, um, I need to know if they're set legal. Like the old ah. stuff, set legal. Like I saw Mox Opal as one of them. Is that set legal? Are they going to be able to play that in standard? Are they going to be able to play that in a pre-release draft and all that stuff?
0: Right. So the way it goes is any card you open in a pack can be played in any limited format that you're playing. So okay. if you open so it in I... draft, that's fine. If you open it in sealed, that's fine. Go ahead. Go right ahead and play that. And they're legal in any constructed format that that card is legal in. So, like, if you open a modern legal card, you can play that card in modern. That's fine. If you open a legacy legal card, that is fine. You can play it in legacy. But if you open um, a card that is modern legal but not standard legal, you cannot play it in standard even though you just opened it in the pack that you just literally bought from the guy behind okay. the
1: counter. Okay. Um Then, I'm actually... It doesn't really bother me that much. Um, I feel like it's something that should, like, Kaladesh, I get the specific this artifact theme they're working on, so I get it. Sure. Um, like, I guess it made sense with the way Zendikar, because it kind of fit old Zendikar theme.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they would have to... I think they have to work extra hard to make it always feel like it's special and should be there. Right. So, um, it's to me, actually, it doesn't really bother me. It's fine. Um, I feel like they're making extra work for themselves more than anything, I feel. Yeah. But uh, people will probably like it, so...
0: Yeah, uh, so uh, the response I've seen so far has been, been overall positive. Now, I'm going to be a little bit curmudgeonly today, because uh, as is my want, I'm often curmudgeonly. And I have some reservations about it. So, uh, I'm I'm going to just kind of go down my own list of my reservations. So, my first reservation is... Uh I I guess I'll just go with with uh, what you just said. I I think thematically it it starts to become questionable. Okay, in Kaladesh there's a pretty simple straightforward, yeah, this works cuz it's it's all about artifacts and inventions. And so I get that. I worry that the longer time goes on, the harder it's going to be to find a good theme that they can latch on
1: to 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 insert them.
0: I don't want it to feel like it's just stapled on,
1: right? Like and it's
0: happening just to happen.
1: That I I agree with that.
0: And so that's that's one of my worries is uh, staying thematic. Uh, my next worry, and I'm going to describe this as uh, kind of the. The problem you have when you become an adult, okay, so uh, most people out there will relate to this because uh, they've at least, I, I think, I no, suspect no. most of our, uh, most of our listening audience is at least college age or, or further, you know, college is
1: the worst.
0: Well, there are some benefits that come with being an adult. So for instance, uh, you know, when you're a kid and you think to yourself, Hey, wouldn't it be awesome if I could have ice cream for dinner, that would be awesome. I'll just have ice cream for dinner.
1: He said you feel like garbage if you do that.
0: Yeah, so once you become an adult, you realize you can do that. You can just decide, you know what? Today, I'm having ice cream for dinner. And tomorrow, I'm going to have ice cream for dinner. And the day after that, I'm going to have ice cream for dinner.
1: And the day after that, you're going to have diabetes.
0: And the day after that, you're dead. Um. So I worry about the specialness of this, right? when it was a one time thing when it was just the uh the hidden treasures that happened in Zendikar that was that was crazy special it was exciting it was new it was fresh it was amazing uh, then then Zendikar expeditions come around and you're like oh i get it they're doing a callback to that it seems pretty cool uh but now they're going to do it all the time and if they're doing it all the time it's not special anymore No, it's not. No, I'm not saying that that alone is a reason not to do a thing. Please don't take it that way. It's just I I worry that 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 newness, that excitement is going to wear off. It's going to wear thin. And then it's just a thing that just happens all the time. It's just one more thing to worry about. It's just one more thing to keep track of. It's just one more thing that happens that you'll never see that you get to resent because you never open them. Uh, of course, I feel the same way about Mythics most of the time, because I don't have a, a lot of great luck, particularly in limited events, in opening Mythics. Unless it's whichever is the crappiest Mythic in the set, that's the one that I open. That's, that's what usually happens. So that's my I mean, second concern.
1: I mean, I guess, I, yeah, I understand those concerns, and um, it is... <sighs> <clears throat> excuse me, am sorry, it's just, I don't know, it's just because yeah, Zendikar felt special, and Kaladesh looks like that. These will feel special, and but like you said, everything can't feel special all the time. Yeah, we call that participation trophies.
0: Yeah, that's kind of it. You know, if if we do it all the time, it's no longer interesting. And again, that alone, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's enough to to to, to go. No, just don't do this. Here's the next thing I'm worried about, and this one's gonna seem a little bit. I I don't. I don't want to say nitpicky uh but it is a little bit nitpicky so um, it's
1: it's us uh, yeah it is
0: us we we kind of do that Uh, imagine that you are a brand spanking new player you've never played magic before and you've heard about it and your buddy steve says hey there's a pre-release for kaladish this weekend you should come on out let's go play
1: don't trust anyone named steve
0: and you go on it well unless he's on the bus totally totally trust that guy uh and you go on out and you're cracking your packs and you're opening them up and it, everything's pretty overwhelming, right? You you've got to figure out, "Hey, uh I've got this whole th- what's a creature, here's a land, here's here's an artifact, here's some kind of an enchantment. I'm trying to get these rules straight. Uh you're trying to explain to me how rarity works. I can't figure out why I've got like 8 of this one with the black symbol and then I've got some more of this one with the kind of bluish symbol. And then, oh look, I've got this one weird card that's in the back of my pack, and it's not a rare and it's not a mythic. It's a, it's a thing. It's, it's a black card, but it's foily. And so then you gotta go, Oh yeah, sometimes you get a foil card. It just happened. Uh, and oh, it's not just any foil card. It's one of these, it's one of these masterpiece cards. It's totally the Kaladish inventions. So now we have this whole nother level of complexity that we're introducing new players to. And at first it sounds like, eh, well, it's not that bad. You're just playing limited. You just opened a card. That's great. Well, except that I opened this card and this guy next to me just lost it. He's like, that is amazing. That is fantastic. I will give you $20 for that card right now. And you're like, well, we can't actually sell our cards because we're playing a limited event. Talk to me afterwards. But still, it's not even just the little kids getting taken advantage of that I'm worried about. Now you have to explain to me That, oh, yeah, that card that you opened that's so awesome that everybody wants, yeah, you can't put that in your standard deck next week when we go to FNM, because that card is not standard legal. And you go, well, why is that card not standard legal? I just opened it in a set that just came out. Like, it literally just came out. You're telling me I can't play this card in in the set that's with all the cards that just came out now? And now you're trying...
1: It's called going to Watsy's website. Come on. And now kids. you're,
0: now you're trying to explain to me how rotation works, which is complex enough already, quite frankly. I mean, the whole standard merry-go-round, it, there is a lot of information overload for a new player. And we're adding a new level of com- it used to be, you know, here's your packs, uh, you can open these, whatever you open, you can totally play those next week. It's great. But now you can't. And that's a strange thing. Now, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that this is a deal breaker. I'm not saying that this is a reason why you shouldn't do this. It's just that, we are adding more and more complexity to this game as it goes on. And for people who are established players, that's not so bad. If we if we just tack on
1: something new, well, you already know how to play. You already know how rotation works. It's a good thing it's already an inherently easy game.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's absolutely nothing to it. Anybody can play this game in like two minutes. They can learn all the rules and never make a mistake ever again. So there's this level of uh, confusion and information overload for a new player. That I think this adds, we've, we have added to the complexity of the game. It's, it's a small amount of complexity that we've added, but I think we need to be honest with ourselves that we have added complexity to the game. And I think we need to have a, 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 a frank discussion of what that means. Uh, the simpler the game is, the easier it is to get people into. I mean, how many of you out there have had this experience? You, you've got a friend and you're trying to teach him how to play magic. And you realize, as you're teaching them the rules, that what you're really doing is teaching them all these, you know, like general rules, but there are exceptions to this, and there's an exception to that, and there's an exception to this, and oh yeah, you've got to worry about that, and oh yeah, enchantments, you can't just, or auras, you can't just play those, even they look like enchantments, you've got to play those onto a creature, and I killed your creature before it could go there, and now it goes to the... it feels like you're making up things.
1: Or it's a creature where this one actually has bestow, so it's more than a creature...
0: Right. So, we've eaten up part of the complexity space of a set automatically, without even talking about mechanics that we're going to introduce, because we're always introducing new mechanics. So, I I worry about that. Okay, it's not going to keep me up nights, but but I do worry about that. Uh, And then, my next concern, because, boy, I've got a lot of concerns. My next concern is one of power in limited. So, let's talk about what happens... When you show up at your Kaladesh pre-release, and you're opening your, your six packs, and there, in, uh, let's let's say your sixth pack, okay, you open a Sword of Fire and Ice. Boom! Because that can happen. Yeah. That's so gross. There goes your event. Not for you, but for all the poor bastards you're playing against. Now, don't get me feasted.
1: wrong... Feast and Famine, that'll ruin everyone's life.
0: Yeah, you're not going to get it every game. I I freely admit that. But, you know, there's a huge level of variance that already exists in Magic, and opening the right Mythic in your pool that's on color or on strategy can really just tip the scales hugely in your favor.
1: Are you saying I shouldn't always be building and drafting for the Blue Flyer Feast of Famine deck?
0: Yeah, I don't think you should. It's going to be rare that you're going to hit it. But you know, if you open it in pack one, when you're drafting, by all means, take that. And uh, congratulations on winning your draft pod for the night. Uh, What are you going to do with all your winnings? Uh, So I I worry about the, 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 we've essentially made things that are bombier than the bombs that are in the set. (laughs) Yeah. And I I freely admit that that level of variance that exists in magic is fine. It's part of the appeal of magic. Any given person could open the thing they need and have a huge advantage. Or every draw could get you just the right answer to what you need to do. But some of these cards, good. God, putting those into a limited environment is—it's like bringing a bazooka to a knife fight.
1: It's an artifact that set with a mox opal. Uh,
0: yeah, it totally is. It abs—it that's not even hyperbole. That's literally a thing that happens,
1: right? So yeah, you. And could... uh, just to clarify, people who might not remember mox opal, it was a very good reason why that was a mythic.
0: Yeah, there sure was. Yes, yeah, so it's. I worry that we've made it swingier than swingy. Now, it's rare. I freely admit that it's rare and the rarity of this will totally, uh, help temper that last concern that I brought up. the This, this power level thing. But now imagine, okay, imagine this scenario. It's the Pro Tour.
1: I gotta do a lot of imagining here, Clues.
0: Yeah, well we haven't had a chance to get our hands on these and actually see what happens. So we've gotta we've gotta run through a lot of hypotheticals. You gotta gotta get the old mind churning oh,
1: here. Pro tour <laughs> Pro tour drafting, that's disgusting. Exactly. Exactly. Well to don't they they normally check those to make sure there's like no foil stuff, don't they? they normally
0: so, do but i've so heard that would they
1: get rid of these well no because
0: on the most recent uh on the most recent pro tour they they did things with like the double faced cards where all of the the limited all the draft events were sleeved i expect them to do that i don't expect them to actually take these out of pro tour competitors packs i don't Which, think that's going to happen i i think they're actually going to be left doesn't
1: in doesn't it take the place of where a foil is though
0: uh it does but double face, they're
1: just another car. They they didn't replace the oil. This does. I I don't think it'll be in. I think they'll take them out. See, I I don't I don't think they will. I I swear
0: I heard that somewhere. Now I may be wrong. I may be totally wrong, and that may be totally misguided. But I had heard, and I can't even remember where I heard it, that they will stay in there for uh uh premiere events.
1: It seems that to me, that seems like a very poor decision.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, don't you? If you're going to the pro tour, wouldn't you like to have a chance to open those?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be nice, but it's like you're, you're not there for opening cards. You, you don't, you don't want the bombiest and the best stuff. You want well, granted, some of that stuff. Yes, I mean, some of it's just dumb.
0: Now, again, that part of my concern may be completely unfounded. I apologize if I'm wrong, but uh, just imagine it. Just, just think of it for a minute when. Uh, you know, they're, they're watching the draft and, uh, you know, they're following, uh, let's say LSV cause I like LSV and LSV opens up, you know, uh, sort of feast and famine pack one. And it's like, well, there, there we go. We know, we know who's winning now. I don't know. It it just seems uh, that the whole swinginess of this really concerns me. Uh, I, I have, I have more reservations. I'm, I'm not, please don't take this the wrong way. Please don't take this as me saying, oh, Change is bad. Let's not ever, ever do anything different. I, I'm
1: just. Change is bad. Let's never do anything different.
0: People are are saying how great this is, and I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm unconvinced. I have reservations. So why are they doing what they're doing? So let's start with the obvious answer. Watsy is a company. Watsy needs to make money.
1: Companies like money.
0: Watsy makes money when you and I open packs of the current set. That's pretty much it. That is everything, every single thing WotC does is to get us to buy product.
1: That sounds evil.
0: It sounds evil, but it's technically true. Because if they don't, they go out of business and they can't make anything new, right? And it's Mm. it's why they strive to make sets interesting, to make sets that people want to play, Every decision that they make, they have to ask themselves, is this going to encourage people to buy product, or is this going to discourage people to buy product? And let's be fair, this is going to encourage people to buy product. And I mean, a lot of product. They found that with uh, the Hidden Treasures, they found that with the Zendikar Expeditions, they've found that when they do this, people buy packs.
1: Some of course of they do. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean... You'd you be know, fools not to. You'd be fools. absolute fools not to.
0: So they also list in Morrow's article, because Morrow had an article about this this week. Mark Rosewater had an article. And uh, he explained why they've chosen to do it. And he explained it by way of...
1: Please said, because we want more money. Please uh, tell me he said, because we want more money. He did not. Mm. He did not. He he explained. So he's a liar.
0: Well, I mean, it was it was unsaid. I I think it was implied that Watsi likes money. Uh, he explained it in terms of three challenges that exist with, uh, with magic design and distribution, with with how the system is going. Challenge number one: keeping standard accessible. Okay, what does he mean by that? It's a very short paragraph, so I'm just going to go ahead and read his paragraph about this one, because this might be the one that I want to spend the most time on. Standard is the most played constructed format. It's designed as an entry point for players who wish to play constructed magic. Through market research and social media, we learned that many of the players who were interested in playing Standard felt it was something beyond their reach. We had to find ways to address this. So in other words, have you noticed, and you may not have, but have you noticed that if you were to price out some of the top-tier standard decks, we're talking like hundreds of dollars for a standard deck. We're talking like five, six hundred bucks. Okay, maybe not that much. Depends on how many Planeswalkers you cram in the bastard. But we're talking literally hundreds of dollars for a competitive standard deck.
1: Oh, absolutely. I remember um, some deck builder sites, I put my deck on there, and it prices it out. It was in the thousands. I mean, I didn't spend thousands on it, but that's how much it was worth.
0: Yeah, and that's for a format that rotates, and rotates relatively quickly, and where the metagame is very, well, can be, it's not always, but can be very unstable, and a deck that was competitive this week, when they print a new set, that deck may be complete and total garbage. So that is a huge investment for people. And so, how do you keep standard accessible? Well, if you follow their logic train... The reason standard isn't accessible is because cards are expensive. And the reason that cards are expensive, and this isn't exactly what they say word for word, but I'm just gonna go ahead and paraphrase and fill in my own biases. The way you keep cards from being expensive is you have to somehow influence the supply-demand chain. If there are more copies of a card, the card will be cheaper. Okay? All all other things. That is true. The more copies there are, the cheaper it is. (laughs) So, how do you get more copies of a card into standard format? Well, you need to encourage more people to open more packs, because the more packs get opened, the more copies of that card there are, the cheaper the price is, ta-da,
1: everyone's happy. I mean, yes, that's called economics.
0: Yeah, but the, the tacit assumption there, the underlying thing that they're saying is, we're gonna keep standard cheaper, by convincing all of you scrubs to open more packs
1: to be fair that's exactly what they're doing i mean that's that's what they do all the time
0: i know but they they're basically just saying it without saying that sentence
1: well but, does it mean that, but that is, I mean but i mean that's not like it's a secret goal of their business it, it just feels kind of money grabby
0: yes it it feels i don't want to say evil cuz it doesn't quite feel evil it feels dirty I understand that that's technically what they're doing all the time, but I would rather, if, if they really want to try and convince people to open packs, if they really want to try and convince more people to open more packs, I would rather they do it by making interesting and compelling sets. And I'm not saying that that's not what they're doing. I, I feel that they are. They are making interesting
1: and so, compelling all right, sets. All right, Clues, I, I want to give you a for instance in something else that's not magic, that's a similar business model. Sure, please. Uh, we'll go with, let's go with Destiny. Destiny... They want you to sell the game, you know, buy their game, right? Right. And a lot of the you know, game companies want you to buy their game, so they give you fancy stuff for pre-ordering. Yes, yes, they do. And so you pre-order, and so pe- more people buy the game, and you want people to buy the game because you want all the DLCs, you know, that you can get, and they're only going to get that. They- DLCs don't sell games themselves, they're not going to making more. It's not just going viable for them, so why would they do that? Right. So they're going to keep doing and, give you know, give you...
0: I'm sorry. Give give me what you faded out there.
1: Oh, sorry. You get this um, DLC, or you know, pre-order this. You're gonna get this gun. It's the only way you can get this gun, and it's one of the better guns you can find in the game. But that way, they sell more of the DLC. They sell more of this, you know, mission. They do that way more people. Cash cow wins. Video games.
0: Okay, so how much do you like the whole pre-order hype train method of business?
1: Depends on what it gives me. (laughs)
0: How pragmatic. Uh, I think if you polled most people, uh, they would tell you that they hate the whole pre-order exclusive, you get this thing sort of thing. Why? Why? Well, among other reasons, uh, because unless it's purely cosmetic, it's essentially pay for win and no one likes that. And, in, le- if it's like an exclusive, it's like, okay, GameStop, if I pre-order from GameStop, I get this thing. If I pre-order from Target, I get this thing. If I pre-order from, I don't know, Walmart or Amazon, I get this thing. What happens if I want all three? I can't do that. I've got to make a choice now. That you sucks.
1: You, but, to, to be honest, most of these aren't like, matter and player versus player. Very few of them actually matter with player versus player. Most of these all fall into, um, you know, do you want this, you know, unique ability in the, uh, I don't think of a game, like Deus Ex, or, um, there's old game, it was a crappy game, um, X-Men Destiny, it was a real bad game, quickly unfinished, but they offer different, um, budgets, you know, but who you pre-ordered from, if you pre-ordered from GameStop, you got the stuff that helps you be more like Havoc, versus the Juggernaut, versus blah, versus blah, sure. and for, you know, that mean one of them might be better than the other one, might make it, the game easier, but the end, I don't play that game against them. Look, all and I'm
0: saying is, if your argument to try and convince me is that this is no worse than what people do with the pre-order system, yeah, you're not gonna win me over there because I hate pre-orders.
1: Um, I never, I, I never minded the the pre-order system, and I don't really mind this. I mean, people call it money grabs, but I went, I, don't, I went to business school. I worked for big business. I worked, I worked for a bank. That stuff doesn't bother me. Like, Wonsie doesn't make this game out of the kindness of their hearts because they love it and they love the people buying it. They do those things, but they make it for, to make money. Because if they didn't, every car, every deck would, could have you know, you know, sort of feast and famine in it. People could have the best decks possible. They wouldn't have to regulate how you know things are purchased and how rare a card is. It wouldn't be rarity. It'd just be the best stuff in every pack. But they don't do it that way because it doesn't make money. Because you, you need to be able to have money to make this game. And to pay the people that work on it. So the fact that they want to make more money, I mean, they're, most companies like that. I mean, they have to report to Hasbro. So the more money they make, the more money, you know, more likely Hasbro is going to keep investing in them, keep them around, and this game stays longer. So the more money they make, the longer this game is pl- is played.
0: Well, you know, I agree with you there. Uh, I've I've never been one to begrudge Watsi making money because if they don't make money the game dies, period, right? That's mm-hmm. that's totally true. But this in some ways this feels like a step too far. It's it's too blatant. It's too clearly a a, a money grab. And it's it's not solely a money grab. I I get I mean, that.
1: So honestly, I would have had so much respect for Morrow if he would have said, "We're doing this because we want to make more money." I would have applauded him for the honesty.
0: Yeah, that's what I'd kind of like. It, it's one of those things that it's uh, it's an undercurrent. It's totally there. We know it. I know it. But we're not acknowledging. it. We're just not going to talk about it. But
1: I, <sighs> and you brought up the pay to win. How you don't like pay to win? Yeah. Anything constructed is a thousand percent pay to win.
0: Uh yes, yes it is.
1: So, I mean, that's just it. If, you want, and if you're in Magic and you don't want pay to win at all, stick to limited.
0: Right, and let's uh, let's, let's circle back to that in a minute here. Well, no, no, let, let's go ahead and do it now. What is the point of rarity in a set? What does it do?
1: It limits the power.
0: Does it really limit the power in, say, a constructed format?
1: No, not at all. Not because, um, at all. Not with, the, not with the way the secondary market is. In 1994, 1995, yes, absolutely it did. But now? No. no. Not even just close. Because we got Star City Games, because we have Channel Fireball, because we have TCG Player. Um, we have all these different websites that we can buy them from. we got our stores that just open boxes. And, and this
0: is how you end up with standard decks that cost four or $500, because they're chock full of mythics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, so uh, the rarity has absolutely nothing to do with constructed. It does not change constructed. It does not help constructed. It it's just a thing that's there. It it actually makes constructed more expensive.
1: It does, hundred okay. percent does. I mean... So
0: if your goal is actually to keep standard accessible, is the way to do that to introduce. An even rarer rarity.
1: No, because then you become Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: Yeah. See? Nobody wants that. No. No.
1: No. And because Yu-Gi-Oh's got like eight different rarity settings. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. And Magic has always had the simple, like, you know, they had the three and now they have the four and everyone knows them. We can't do the five. We can't go to... Except we just did. Did we? Yes. I mean... All of these aren't, they're not all mythics. No, Everything but, that's in here. but the
0: rate that they occur in packs is a new rarity. And to call it anything else is to lie to ourselves. So what is the real function of rarity in a set? The real function of rarity in a set is to take care of the limited environment. It's to make it so that when you sit down to draft, it's not everybody opening a pack of 15 mythics. If you were going to do that, you'd be playing cube draft with your buddies but even that it's not 15 Mythics, but Which still, a, you get the
1: point. Cube drafts amazing.
0: Uh, it is, but it's a completely separate experience from Booster Draft. Yes. And the the rarity settings that exist really only exist to service Booster Draft. But the argument that I'm attempting to make here...
1: R- R- is, uh, rarity also, I mean, it services co- pricing and cost of, by uh, selling packs.
0: It does affect the pack sales, yes. If you make the important, the powerful, the chase cards, if those are mythic and not uncommon, you're going to sell more packs than if they're uncommon, right? That's, that's totally, the, totally the case.
1: I mean, World is a prime example.
0: But again, again, that takes us back to this is a money grab. And that was part of the argument that people had against the mythic rarity when it first came out. People were convinced, oh, the mythic rarity is going to kill magic because it's, it's so clear that all Watsy is doing is putting the powerful cards there and, uh, everybody's going to need them and it's going to cost so much more and we're going to have to open so many more packs to get them. And in a way, all of that is true. Yes. Except it didn't kill magic. That's nope. the only part that's not true.
1: And this won't kill magic either. Oh, and I don't think the, it will either. And the thing is, because if I want, I'm trying to think of like the average person that goes to an FM Maybe not the average, but a high, people that are spending the money are generally going to be grinders. Right. And most of them grind standard mm-hmm. because that's where the most tournaments are. That's where the most payout is for them to grind. Sure. I'm looking at a lot of this stuff that's there. Chrome Mox, you know, Cloudstone Curio, Crucible Worlds, Lightning Greaves. None of that's standard. I mean, yeah. they, they can try to trade it away for good stuff, but it's not going to cause them to buy more packs besides the fact that maybe they can sell it.
0: Right, so it's not going to cause it's not going to cause standard players to buy more packs. So is it going to cause modern players to buy more packs?
1: No, because they'll just they'll just try to see what they're priced. If anything, it's just either a going to. I mean, thing is, like like these are going to be like when they reprinted the fetches when they added the new fetches and the not the fetches. Um. Well, it was, it was Modern Masters. Modern Masters. I thought, "Oh, that'll change the price of Goyf." It didn't. It didn't.
0: No, it didn't. So all, let's all get it to, did was
1: all that did was create a new price for the new Goyf.
0: Let's get to challenge number two: getting players access to older cards. So remember, challenge number one was to keep Standard accessible, and I don't actually think this is going to have that much of an influence on Standard. I think the thing that's actually going to influence standard, no, the thing that really influences no, so, prices on back standard.
1: Back to your first point. I don't want to say that it won't yet because there is the chance that places like Star City and, and Channel Fireball and those big stores, I can see them trying to go through more for more of these new car, these chase car or the, the, the soul rings and the you know, the masterpieces. I can see them considering opening more, which would flood the market more. I can actually see that possibly working. So I don't want to say that that it's not making Standard more accessible by lowering the cost, because it actually might.
0: Well, but we already have a data point to, to look at for this. We can look at what happened with Battle for Zendikar block. Did the prices of the standard cards that you needed, the standard rares and the standard mythics, were they actually changed by much because of the existence of the Zendikar Expeditions.
1: I guess I don't have an answer to that. I
0: I don't have an exact answer. I haven't done the research, but my gut tells me no. No, it didn't. Because we just continued to watch the price of standard decks go up and up and up and up.
1: The thing about Zendikar, most of those were lands
0: yeah which are things that you absolutely positively need for mana bases in lots and lots of decks. I mean if you yeah. reprint if you reprint as an expedition card or as a masterpiece card like one card that works in one deck in modern, how many more ex- extra packs are going to get opened because of that? almost none. but if you put in their staples things that are needed in lots of decks like lands, I could see that as an argument for yeah more people are going to open packs because of that
1: uh I don't, i'm just like i'm looking at the swords and stuff and i think that the more regular this becomes like first off like you know the expeditions and the treasure stuff those were new yeah this is the second time it's coming around so will be people will be used to it sure and it's not just lands because some of the people that are already in the modern they already but they might already have those lands that's true. for the where this could be starting to see some newer stuff that they don't have yet So, I mean, I just don't want to say that we don't know that's working yet. I think we need more time to say that's going to work or not.
0: Okay, that's fair. Perfectly fair. Um, I'm just saying that we didn't see a a huge dip in prices in Battle for Zendikar. And I don't think we'll ever
1: see a huge dip.
0: uh, So challenge number two, getting players access to older cards. My argument here is that this is going to do virtually nothing. And the reason it's going to do virtually nothing... Is because if, if your plan is, oh, we're reprinting staples, we're reprinting cards that weren't out there before that we can't just put into a standard format like, uh, Soul Ring. You cannot put Soul Ring in standard, right? That's, mm. that's crazy talk. But here's an opportunity for us to, to print Soul Rings or to print Lotus Petal or to print, uh, sort of Fire and Ice without yes, having. Bio. Without having a set that it, that warps around it. Without having a standard environment
1: that warps around it. And they don't have to force it inside product like commander stuff.
0: Which drives the prices of commander products. I, I freely admit that that was a terrible solution too. Because, you know, when they, when they did put this kind of powerful stuff into sets, you ended up with the one deck that contained it was crazy expensive and the rest no one cared about. So this is a better solution than that. But I argue that the rarity of these—just how rare, how few of them you're going to see—means it doesn't really affect the total pool of these cards that are out there enough to actually give more people access.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Because, like, um, looking at Aether Vial, as you know, as beautiful as this card looks, yeah, it's only going to create a new price point for this card. Yeah. It's not gonna touch Aether vial. This card yeah, will be, cu- yeah. This card will be way more than a normal Aether vial because of how rare and and you know the way it looks. But are, you know, are all these all gonna be foil too?
0: Yes, they are all foil, and they're gonna
1: be gorgeous. It's not, touch vial. It's not gonna change when. Oh, well, they look gorgeous. Yeah. But I mean, it's not gonna affect a chrome Mox. It's not gonna affect Lotus pedal. None of these are gonna get affected. The original printing.
0: Nope. Not even a tiny bit, because there's going to be so few of them, and because it's new artwork, and because it's foil, it is not going to touch the price of those other things. Not at all. And so to claim that it is, which is what they claim, I think is ridiculous. I, well, I actually think they claim find it, it slightly insulting.
1: I think they claim it as a goal, but, I mean, they... They don't. They should know from what modern modern masters resulted in, but I guess I don't know what they looked at as being as a, a success or not. Like yeah. to them, for how modern masters and all that worked out, they could have seen that as a success of getting these cards more accessible. That's why they're doing this. I don't know how they're measuring that.
0: Yeah, I just. So, to come up with a terribly hyperbolic analogy, because I like those. So, a terribly hyperbolic analogy. Imagine that you have a football stadium full of people, and everyone in that football stadium is thirsty. And so, your solution is to say, okay, uh, I have a glass of water, and I'm going to give it to this guy right here. There we go. Now, there's more water for everyone, because this guy got a drink.
1: (laughs) It's not wrong. guy next to him could kill him for his water.
0: Yeah, like, please don't kill anybody for any of the masterpieces. Uh, but but you see my point. I, I think it's just so rare, there are so few of them, that I just don't see that it's actually going to help.
1: Well, it's just like the, I mean, it's similar to the original run of Modern Masters. They didn't, like, oh, we're not doing a normal print run. And I think they did that with the Legacy one or whatever that one was called uh, yeah, again. E-
0: Eternal Masters, yeah.
1: Eternal Masters. It's You're doing such a limited print run, you're not affecting anything. Exactly. And okay. it's this dinginess of that. But again, for being in a set, it can't really be less rare than it's going to be be strictly because of drafting.
0: Yeah, because you're going to screw up the draft format. So uh, to circle back to that for a minute, is it possible that a standard booster product like this is attempting to serve too many masters? It's attempting to fix access to older cards, and it's attempting to fix keeping standard affordable, and it's attempting to create a good booster draft environment, and it's attempting to create a good sealed deck environment. It just can't do all of them at
1: once. That, and that's fair. That that could be too many one plan for fixing too many. You know, one plug for to fix too many holes. Yeah. And they think if they plug. You know, fuck the biggest one, it's not going to leak anymore, that's incorrect. But I mean, honestly, the biggest thing with this is time, and mm-hmm. to see what it does. I don't have an inherent problem with it, I don't know if it's going to solve the problems they think it's going to, but well, it doesn't bother me.
0: They have one more challenge, That uh, challenge number three, providing alternatives for deck building, also no, known that- as bling
1: well, then yeah completely succeed in that
0: oh god this is a freaking home run on challenge number three i mean
1: if you're looking to bling out your deck like was it um gear, um waffle top he always has a 100% foiled deck in pro tours
0: yeah if if you want to uh just have the blingiest of the bling yeah every artifact that exists or every card that exists as a masterpiece card yeah have those in your deck
1: yeah, you see, now, Commander players probably love this concept.
0: Oh, I'm sure they do. And this definitely serves Commander players. It definitely serves, uh, uh, I'm going to call it non-rotating format players or extremely rich standard players. Let's go with that. Uh Yeah, it totally serves this one absolutely 100%. And this one actually feeds into you trying to get people to open more packs. But... The people who are going to bling out their decks, they're not trying to bling out their decks by opening packs. They're waiting to buy it off of an online site. They're buying singles. I mean, they were previously buying, like, Russian foils of everything, and now they're buying these.
1: That painter's servant looks amazing.
0: Oh, God, it really does, and I've got a legacy deck that it wants to be in,
1: but... <gasps> it's going to be so expensive. You know what it, it is. is.
0: I'm never going to see these things.
1: I mean, a playset's going to be upwards of hundreds for all of these, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I I have slightly more money than I should, right? We can we we, we can say I I'm, I'm I'm comfortable. I can I can buy magic cards when I want magic cards. I I I don't, but I can. Okay, it's not like I have to choose between eating dinner tonight and buying a pack of uh Kaladesh. But these are so crazy expensive. There is absolutely no way I can convince myself to do this. Right? Like, okay, Aether Vial. Aether Vial is a very, very good example. Aether Vial is a staple in in Legacy. It is an absolutely great card. goes in a bunch of decks. I have a playset of Aether Vial that I use in my Goblins deck. And I could say to myself, hey, I could replace those with the new ones. Wouldn't that be awesome?
1: would <laughs> be so awesome.
0: That would be freaking awesome. Uh, the original Ether Vial right now from Darksteel Ether Vial is forty-five dollars. Just a regular, normal, non-foil, just Ether Vial is forty-five freaking dollars, which is
1: crazy. Do you want to know how much this would cost.
0: You want foils? Those are sixty bucks. You want the uh, Kaladesh ones? They're pre-ordering at a hundred and twenty each. That's crazy. I'm not doing that. It's insane. So I I just, man, there's not going to be enough of them to make them anything but
1: a curiosity.
0: So I don't think it's going to solve any of their problems.
1: It might, it, it, you know what, it might not, but they're trying.
0: They are trying a thing. We'll see how it goes. Um,
1: and and that one thing that, um, and this isn't just, I'm not saying you individual, but a lot of the internet jumped down so many companies throat for trying something. Sure. Like, they, think, they don't think a company could have, ba- have a bad idea. They think everything needs to be gold and 100% tested out and ready to go before it gets to their hands. And that's just not how real life works.
0: It's totally not. The,
1: they, yeah, need, they need to try something, and if this works, great. Power to them. If it doesn't, they, move, they get rid of it and they move on to their next idea.
0: I just kind of wish they would have said, hey... Uh, we really like to make money, and we think you'll buy more packs if we do this thing, so we're
1: doing this thing. How many people truly would respect them for that?
0: Uh, uh, two?
1: Not enough. Not enough, yeah.
0: A hundred percent of the people recording this podcast?
1: <laughs> they, would, they would be ostracized oh, by the, God. By the yeah. internet community. Oh,
0: man. They, we would tear them a new... We, collectively, would tear them a new one if they did that.
1: <sighs> I... That's the thing, they can't be honest about it, so... Why try? You know, why be honest about it? I mean, I'm not. And I'm not saying that. There are other reasons aren't valid, but the main reason yeah. is money. But the main reason any company that sells a product does anything is money.
0: And again, I do not begrudge them for that. Time and time again on this show, and on Monday Night Magic, and on every podcast I've been on, I've tried to remind people, hey, slow down. Wattsy does need to make money. Please don't begrudge them that. And I'm not trying to begr- begrudge them that. I'm just saying that. Uh, a lot of the response I've seen to this has been, oh my God, this is so cool. And uh, I have reservations. I, I have things. I, I'm uneasy about the whole thing.
1: I mean, like, I don't know. My example of this is compare. Let's look at daycare. Okay. Daycare is something people need, right? Sure. People who have kids need daycare. And, you know, if daycare companies and providers wanted to do it out of the kindness of their heart, it wouldn't be a second mortgage payment. Right. Right. But it is yeah because they know you need it because you need it and so make money off it that's the way life is when there's something that and this is that's a need this is a luxury
0: this is do- this is a luxury of a luxury
1: right I mean that's another thing is magic's a luxury people act like they need it and I understand that because you know you I played for so long and it's how it felt like stuff you needed but it's a luxury in a, of a game company that's trying to provide you some sort of happiness and make a buck yeah, we've, we've all
0: felt the, the need, quote unquote. Did you, did you see this hanger back, walker? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was looking at art. I got derailed there for a second. Some of these things are just frickin' gorgeous.
1: The lightning grey is amazing. Uh, yeah. Actually, I swords. The swords.
0: Okay. So now that we've, now that we've covered some of my reservations, I do want to take a quick look at, at some of these cards. And so overall, your, your first impression, art, what do you think?
1: Oh, fantastic. I mean, I don't know if all of Kaladesh is going to look this way, but man, it should.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you've looked at some of the art for Kaladesh, but it does look uh, pretty not a, spectacular.
1: Not a ton of it. Um, I did see the new Tezzeret's art. I haven't seen his card. Has his card been revealed? I've only seen the art.
0: Uh, I don't... We, we haven't had a Planeswalker Tezzeret card, but the artwork that we've seen, I believe, is on a card, and it's like Tezzeret's something. Let's uh. say... I don't know, hold
1: on a second, let me see if I can find it. If his Uh, card isn't him the master of metal and death, that is ridiculous.
0: Well, let me just, uh, let me find the card in question here, and I believe it is this card that I'm pasting into the chat for you right now, that is Tezzeret's Ambition. And is this the artwork that you have seen? No. No? Really? It is not. Huh.
1: But it is fantastic. Yeah, it is pretty. Uh okay then. Um,
0: I don't know was, which art you're talking about.
1: Let me see if I can find it on Twitter. Okay. I was tweeted I was tweeted the art. They uh, asked but, if I heard, they asked if I heard.
0: Yeah, they have not spoiled a Tezzeret Planeswalker card. I can I can tell you that, or at least I haven't seen it. But uh, we do have a new Chandra who is freaking awesome. Oh my god. Oh oh my god, like seriously, oh my god. That one I'm going to go ahead and lose my mind over. But uh, no, wait, wait, wait. No, no. I want to talk about the cards that are in the Inventions first. We were talking about their art and how their art is sweet. We agree their art is sweet? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel but, about the, uh, the Border? Because they've all got a new it's gr- Border.
1: Lo- looks great. It's, it separates it 100% from a normal card.
0: It is very clear immediately that this is something new and different so yeah I, I like that too uh as for the swords
1: i don't like fire and ices, but i love the other two
0: yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say That i'm not a big fan of fire and
1: ice i just i just sent you the tetra art i've seen
0: huh that's huh it's
1: gorgeous yeah
0: yeah that's that's pretty cool
1: there's four planeswalkers in this set there's no way there's a Tezzeret. He, he probably won't be in Galadesh. He'll probably no, be in the I, second one. I think
0: he'll be in Ether Revolt, the second one.
1: Oh another Nyssa. Wonderful. Lottie freaking uh
0: Yeah, well you love Nissa oh.
1: No you don't. She can why does she have four abilities? Who, Chandra? I don't like this where this is whoa, hidden at all. Whoa,
0: no, no no no. No, this is this is amazing. oh god, it's so good. It's so amazing. Have have you not read her yet?
1: Read her. you got to read her. I'm
0: reading her right now, chill. Dude. Well, yeah, I was going to say read her to the people at home. Maybe they haven't oh, heard wait. her
1: yet. Two red red for Chandra, Torture defiance. It sounds like her. Mm-hmm. She's a bleep word. Yeah, but please don't make me edit. No, I didn't. Um, for loyalty, plus one exile top card of your library, you may cast that card. If you don't, Chandra deals two damage to each opponent. Interesting.
0: Yeah, you don't get to cast it for free. So you got to make sure that you have the mana to cast the thing that you you uh, exile. And you can't just play it, so if it's a land, it doesn't do anything. But, see, they built in there. Yeah, it just goes ahead and deals two damage to each
1: opponent. That's interesting. interesting. So. Um, then plus one, because she has two pluses for some dumb reason. Well, I get it. I totally get it. Because um, the first one is um, terrible on your resources. to so just keep plussing her. Um, add two red to your mana pool. That feels weird. Oh, no, it feels fine. Perfect. Not, cha- not for Chandra. I mean, I well, understand. I understand. Red as a color can g- gives you temporary mana. I totally get that. Yes. For Chandra doing it, it's weird.
0: No, it's fine.
1: It's weird clues. No,
0: it's totally fine. One hundred percent fine.
1: Minus three deals four damage to a target creature. Okay, flame slash.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, minus seven, you get an emblem. whereas whenever you cast a spell, this emblem deals five damage. That's stupid.
0: Whoa! Hey, finish the sentence. People need to know.
1: Whenever you cast a spell, this emblem deals five damage to target creature or player.
0: Nothing wrong with that at all. That's it's so much.
1: Fine. That's so much damage for an emblem.
0: It is, but you still have to cast things. It's not like it just does it all the it's, time. It's it's red.
1: I'm gonna yeah. lightning bolt you for seven. Yes. And that's a problem. I mean, no, is let's... she mind sculptor? No. No, but... but
0: hands down, best chandra
1: ever. Easily. That's not even a competition.
0: And I but... would argue just me. I would argue second best Planeswalker ever. There were those who disagree, and that's fine. I get it. There are other cards that you might want to play, but just straight power level, I think it's the second best Planeswalker card ever.
1: I have to think about that. Just because Sarkhan Vol, the, not Vol, the third one, the the Rug one, Yeah, that was real good. Uh, he was good, yeah.
0: And I mean, uh, Nicol Bolas was pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, look, I just, I love everything about this card. That's interesting. I love the art. I love the abilities. I I love the cost. She's so perfect in a red burn deck. Because you get to turn four and what happens? You're out of resources. And what does she do? Her two plus abilities give you resources. Either more cards in hand in the pseudo red card draw way or more mana to power something out.
1: This Nissa, stupid. They need to do something about emblems. They're getting too emblem-happy.
0: I think we've gone emblem overboard. So, okay, I'll, I'll read Nyssa here real quick. Uh, not that this is necessarily a preview show, but we've covered the main thing that we wanted to be curmudgeon oh,
1: about. Finally, a Vulcan Planeswalker.
0: Uh, Nyssa, Vital Force, costs three green-green, so a total of five mana for a five-loyalty Planeswalker, plus one, untap target land you control until your next turn... Not just this turn, but through your opponent's turn as well. Until your next turn, it becomes a five-five elemental creature with haste. It's still a land, so that's that's a Nissa e thing to
1: do. It gives it haste. That's that's the thing. So it gave it haste.
0: Yeah, well, it needed to in case you played that land this turn.
1: I, I understand, but that, I mean, that's just a big that's a big difference. Yeah,
0: well, the other real difference is also it's not until end of turn until your next turn now that does open you up to sorcery speed removal but still you've got a blocker Uh, minus three return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand that's totally a green thing to do right we get back resources we recycle minus six minus six she came in with five loyalty minus six you get an emblem with whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control you may draw
1: a card I mean, people are going to see that. Oh, that's not inherent. It is 100% inherently powerful. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. That's draw a card almost every turn because you're playing green. Hey, do you
0: remember what uh, what this show used to be called?
1: Card advantage.
0: Yeah, what's that?
1: That's lots of card advantage. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it's, imagine playing it in a deck. I'm going to talk non legal with a prime time. <laughs> oh, oh, oh <laughs> uh, it's just dumb. Just the card, The dumb. card draw. This Dovin Bond is sweet. Oh yeah, the Videlcan planeswalker. I r re- yeah, the Videlcan. I really thought it was gonna be artifact based and it's awesome.
0: Okay, you wanna wanna tell people about that?
1: Um uh, it's two blue white, so clearly I'm gonna like it. Yep. Enters with three. Not not huge on that. Okay. Um until your ne- one, until your next turn, up to one target creature gets minus three, minus zero, and its activated abilities can't be activated. I like that a yeah, lot. It's pretty harsh it's brutal it's really brutal um minus one gain two life and draw a card that's really powerful sure minus seven and that's what i don't like is because she comes in with three and she only pluses one so I, minus seven I but
0: i think it might be yeah. a key, but i can't really tell
1: i haven't I could ever tell with Videlkins.
0: i, I just don't know
1: uh, the face doesn't get away um that has, i guess it has the body of a man um, Fidel I do I remember Nin the pain Harvest. she's a Videlkin and she does have a feminine body.
0: Huh. And oh, I you guess Nin th- Huh. I know I, 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 yeah, I didn't remember yeah, I'm that. pretty
1: sure i I'm pretty sure Nin's a Videlkin. Um but mine is seven and I get it. When when I read this you'll hundred percent get why. You get an emblem. Your opponents can't untap more than two permanents during their untap steps.
0: Okay, that's dumb. That's dumb right there. <laughs> it's that's
1: winter orb. Dumb. It's winter orb.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't need to be on an emblem.
1: No, no, it doesn't, but neither does Chandra's.
0: Oh, Chandra's is fine. I've got to cast spells to make it go. It's not like it just happens. This one just happens.
1: Yeah, it does. Right in your face. And um, oh, yeah, and the and pain artist totally of a Yeah.
0: And totally female. That's pretty yeah.
1: clear from, from Real card Clear. Card. Yeah. Real clear. So I'm gonna go with Dovin Bonds a man. Yeah. Um I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it does it.
0: Oh oh you know it's wrong. You just like it.
1: I don't like winter orb clues because winter orb affects me, this doesn't. <laughs> no you can't let it live. I mean look how much life this thing is gonna gain you. And it has semi protection because if they only have one creature, it's not gonna hit it very hard. Yeah. I mean minus three, that's a lot. It's still dumb. I, no, I mean the minus three the minus three attacks she gives, that's a lot. Wouldn't you agree with that? That's a lot of damage to take away.
0: Wait, which one are we talking about?
1: Her plus 1, the fact that she gives minus 3 attack.
0: Oh, uh he. I thought we just he, Yeah, it. yeah, that's, sorry. That's he. why I was confused. Uh yeah, that's it's it's pretty rough. It's pretty good protection as long as your opponents don't have many creatures. And I I particularly like how it also shuts down activated abilities. It's like that guy, that guy right there, screw that guy.
1: Yeah. Did Doretti get reprinted in another set?
0: Uh Dredge I don't, is Doretti in this set?
1: No, but he's he's in some other set where he gets red and black.
0: Oh yeah, there was a new Duretti in Conspiracy Two.
1: Oh, okay. I I didn't realize I forget, completely missed on Conspiracy Two. Yeah.
0: Which I hear was spectacular, but...
1: Ooh, Ray Green Planeswalker? Or blue blue red planeswalker.
0: Uh yeah, uh Sahili Ray? Rai?
1: Ray. R- Rai. I would go with Rai. But, I don't know. Japanese production would be Rai, so I don't know how a um Middle Eastern would pronounce those letters together. Yeah, I I got no idea. Scry 1 do 1 damage. Oh, that's stupid.
0: Yeah, so okay, so so let let's back up. Uh she costs one a blue and a red, she gets three loyalty, plus one scry 1. Sahili Rai deals one damage to each opponent. That's so Stupid. That is sick. Just disgusting. Minus two, create a token that's a copy of tar- target artifact or creature you control, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. That token gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step.
1: Oh, that's dumb, too.
0: That is also pretty damn dumb. Uh, minus seven, search your library for up to three artifact cards with different names. Put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library oh no,
1: that's stupid there's
0: no way that's broken none whatsoever
1: hello worm coil engine yeah what, what hello you... hello sword for worm coil engine what do you need to assemble here go get those things Ta-da! Hello, hello lightning grease for worm coil engine
0: oh and that's yeah I, mean,
1: I just made that real bad that's wow yeah i mean i wasn't sure how they did make her artifact hard though she is artifact dependent she is yeah but honestly, I don't even really think you need artifacts for her. Just her plus one's good enough for me. It's, it's
0: pretty good, yeah.
1: What are you plusing for? To plus? Yeah. I can get her to 100 and never stop.
0: Yeah. Damn it, Rich. Your, your planeswalker's up to like 28 loyalty. Kill us already. No, no, I'm killing you slowly while I scry.
1: Real slow. Oh, I don't want that card. Oh, that's an artifact I can get later. That goes to the bottom. That's brilliant. That's an artifact that you could get later. I I don't know what she's pre-ordering at, but I'm sure it's dumb. She's... Well, I mean, do you think she has legacy potential? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. At three, that's gross.
0: Yeah. Oh, strangely, she's only pre-ordering at like 25 bucks.
1: It's actually really cheap. Yeah,
0: I'm kind of surprised at
1: that. That's pretty cheap for her. Uh, Actually, I mean, all these Planeswalkers are out of the park good.
0: Whereas Chandra, Torch of Defiance, do you know what she's pre-ordering at?
1: Thirty-five. $60.
0: $60.
1: Oh, that's gross and dirty. I get it. I get <laughs> it.
0: It's filthy. Absolutely filthy. Is she the second best Planeswalker? I think she
1: is. I think she's hands down top five. Yeah. I don't want to say top two yet. I'd have to look more and actually see her played. Right. Um.
0: I'm just saying there's not a red deck out there that doesn't want this.
1: No, that's 100% true. 100% that's true. I mean I, she goes, I Anything that it. anything that you can afford paying two red for, hundred percent she belongs in that deck. Yeah. Besides maybe a goblet deck. Uh I've considered it. But she doesn't fit. You gotta admit, she doesn't fit. Oh, she's so good. She is, but she doesn't fit a goblin deck. You don't have the room and you know it.
0: Yeah, I know I don't have
1: um uh, this Nyssa probably can go in almost any green deck.
0: Yeah. I mean if you're gonna play a green deck. <laughs> feels dirty <laughs> i know even just the thought just make, gives you the willies
1: um i love delvin bond for a control deck just, oh yeah i mean he that can be your win condition get to level seven make him scoop good old scoop condition
0: because yeah, that's how those control players that actually is how those control players want to win when i think about it
1: most of the time that does well make no sense. that's not how we want to win this is how we end up winning yeah i didn't say we weren't this is not true weren't. this is true not once did i say we weren't the the art for this set is pretty phenomenal. Some of the cards, some of them, I'm not super thrilled on it.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about this set uh, another time. But I mean, we're already at like uh, over an hour here, so okay. I, I think I think maybe we should we should wrap this up. We should table this. Uh, so, uh, let's see what have we come up with. Uh, the new masterpiece thing is going to be a thing going forward
1: for mm-hmm. at least a while. Uh, I right, say. If if it doesn't work out, we'll see it for the next three sets.
0: I'm not completely convinced that it's a great thing yet. I don't know that it's going to accomplish the things that they say that it's going to accomplish. It's going to make some really pretty cards, and there's going to be a tiny subset of the community that will open them and be super happy. And there's a big chunk of the community that will not open them and will be super salty. But that actually describes all cards, I guess.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What'd you find? Metallurgic Summonings? Okay, I'll read it to you, Clues, because you're going to hate it. Uh, is it blue? It's three blue blue for an enchantment at Mythic Rare. Whenever whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create an XS colorless construct artifact creature token, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. Oh, God. Oh, we're not done. Pay three blue blue... Exile metallurgic summonings. Return all instances and sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this ability only if you control six or more artifacts.
0: Okay, well, the good news is that last thing isn't going to happen all that much. And, oh, crap. Except, except, some idiot's going to come up with some combo that they're going to rack off where they, they do a bunch of spells, make a bunch of little tokens, make enough mana to get their stuff back and do it again.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it does exile itself.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm saying in a single turn, somebody's going to get a combo going, and this is going to be a combo engine.
1: Oh, absolutely. If anything, it's just going to be, I mean, it's just going to make, you know, like in a commander deck, this is going to be a nightmare.
0: All right, this is dumb, and I hate it.
1: Oh, yeah, I knew you would. Okay. It's, it's super powerful. Oh, yeah. I mean, getting all of them, granted, they go all back to your hand, so if you don't have it in limited hand size, it's not the, like, it's the best thing in the world. Still dumb. Oh, well, I'm not disagreeing that it's dumb. Just... Just saying, it's super good. And dumb. Sure. Okay. Clues thinks it's dumb, everybody. I'm not sure if you caught on to that part yet. Clues yeah. thinks it's dumb. He does. Does. Yeah. Well, I think Chandra's dumb. Boom. Oh,
0: you mean awesome? I think you keep mispronouncing that
1: word. God, that Chandra's awesome. So cool.
0: So cool.
1: I'm sorry. That's um, Sahili or Sahiri Rive, Was it Sahili? Uh
0: Sahili. Yes, I think.
1: I mean. She's awesome
0: she's pretty darn good yeah
1: i mean that plus one is disgusting
0: uh it is very dumb
1: no i i, I will objectively not looking at um uh, the t- cards i like to play they've re- these are four very very good planeswalkers
0: yes this is true to be to be fair yes i agree
1: but this might be my least hated nissa outside <laughs> of the character that needs to burn into eternity
0: that is almost praise from rich i'm i'm impressed.
1: Yeah, you take you take that for a different green character. Love that card. Uh,
0: and uh, you know this set, I'm I'm excited about this set in a way it that looks great that I have not been excited about a set
1: in a little. I'm more excited for the next set because the next one should have Tezzeret, right? And he's gonna be awesome.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair.
1: I hope it's Tezzeret, Master of Death, and it has him like sitting on a throne, and Bowles is his little dragon, chained like a little pet. Like, like the little yipper thing from Star Wars: Return of the Jedi, the little laughing <laughs> thing. That's gonna be Nicobolas. <laughs> Please make fan art of that. Please make fan art of that.
0: Oh God, what was what was his his name? I want to say Salacious Crumb.
1: I don't remember that his name. Guy's name but I don't remember his name. I, I just remember that. once I saw a stuffed animal of him in a store, and I wanted it. My mom's like, "No, he's the, he's awful. He's so annoying." I'm like, "That's why I want it." Yeah. That stupid laugh he would do. Oh God! And everyone who's seen Star Wars, they know exactly who I'm talking about.
0: All right. Well, let's uh, let let's end this. I I hope I've given people some food for thought. I hope it didn't come off as too negative. I I didn't mean it that way. I just wanted to kind of broaden the discussion a little bit about uh, about the concept of the masterpieces going forward. Uh, they're interesting. They're pretty. Uh, I envy those of you who open them. They'll be cool.
1: Way to go! Hey, for once. St- Negative one and I was the one defending Watsy.
0: And and the number one thing, the absolute number one thing, and I will repeat this again on other podcasts and other episodes, do not, under any circumstances, do not take advantage of new players who open this. The little the little kid who opens one, don't buy it off of him for like two bucks. And don't let others do that either. Don't let people get taken advantage of just because they don't understand the value of what it is that they've opened. These things are special. They're cool. Make sure that they understand how special and how cool. That's what I'm gonna say. Be don't don't be a jerk. I know that's asking a lot, but don't be a jerk. Cut it out. Stop.
1: Oh, no. oh okay. Yeah, agreed.
0: Alright, great. So, hey, if you have strong feelings about the Masterpieces, if you think that I am totally, totally wrong and completely off-base for having any of these concerns, please, by all means, let us know. There are ways to do that. We are found on the internets at randomdiscard.com. You can tweet at us. It is at random discard and you can of course email us it is random discard cast at gmail.com your best bet for getting a hold of me directly is at lock Luzet on the twitters spelled just like it is in the show notes
1: you can find me on twitter somewhere
0: yeah it might be in the show notes too um right now by the way as kind of a footnote uh the website currently still redirects to the old website if you go to go to random discard Dot com you actually end up at uh, cardadvantagecast.com. but that's gonna be changing I think at episode 120 is when I'm gonna make the full transition over and uh, we'll have a new a new proper feed to use for that uh, eventually but yeah we're gonna we're gonna be making a transition here soon so there you go thank you all very much for listening and we will see you all next time were
1: the ones you used to They made a new Massacre Worm. Uh, yes. I kind of love him. <laughs> Except he has a very Yu-Gi-Oh feel to him with all these counters that get added. Yeah. And then you take him away to do something. A lot of Yu-Gi-Oh cards do stuff like that. That feels very not magic-y.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to get into that on the show this week because, man, we got a lot to talk about
1: there. Right. Right. Yeah. Feels, feels very non-magicky. Feels very Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't like that. Yeah, Overall, I like the car, but I don't like that feeling. Sure.